unveiling the impact of absentee fathers in our adult children's lives. Are you an adult that still carries the trauma of not having a father's presence in your life? Are you a father that regrets the decision of not being there for your children? Are you a father that just wants to understand how to be a father to your children when maybe you don't understand how? These and so many other questions will be answered in this several week journey of interviews that I simply call Candid Conversations through the eyes of fathers that have gotten it wrong in some areas and right in others. But ultimately, it was their relationship with God that helped them get it right. So without further anticipation, let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Trueness of the Words. I'm your host, Eleanor Fleming, and our awesome guest today is Michael Marie. I am so excited that you are with us today, Michael. So am I, Eleanor. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here and to share this type of uh, topic and conversation with you. I'm excited. Yes. Thank you. So our topic, stating that, our topic today, ladies, is unveiling the impact of absentee fathers in our adult children's lives. Now, by this time, we've already looked at a couple of these because we're going through and hopefully by going through these, you've been impacted and it has been helping you. So, Michael, I want to first say one of the things that I noticed that I was definitely blessed by and um, put a, an awesome impartation upon me was the fact that you've been um, a follower of Jesus Christ for about 35 years. Yes. Yes, I have. So how does that look for you? It's been a journey. It's been an exciting journey. Okay. Uh I've learned so much along the way. God is truly faithful. And I've realized um, in living life as long as I have is that, you know, Christ is foundational. All things lead back to him. And he is truly our guide and our counselor, our therapist, our strength, our tower, and all those things. Yes, he is. I'm so glad to hear you say that now. What you may or may not know about me, because men don't tend to watch this channel, right? Not all the time, but a lot of them are going to be watching this. <laughs> so I keep my pen with me because that allows me not to miss one thing. I don't like to miss things. I like to take notes. I like to hear your heart. And I like to make sure that we expound on everything that we have touched upon, almost like bullet points, okay? So okay. the question I want to ask you to start, start us off and it's something that I've been asking each guest uh, for a minute now. And that is, what would you like for fathers and mothers to benefit by way of this interview today? Probably the most important thing I think that the father and mother could benefit from is understanding the importance of the role that the father plays in the life of the children, the family, the marriage, all of that. It is critical 
that that role is clearly understood, defined, and held to account. Love that, love that. So you said something you gave me and you went to, which I love this, and I'm gonna read this scripture because you gave Ephesians six and four. And the reason why I love that you did Ephesians six and four specifically is because so often as parents, we jump to the scripture, right? The verse right above. So just for the sake of, I'm going to read the scripture from Ephesians six, and I'm going to read it one through four. And how it reads is, and I'm reading from the uh, New King James Version. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your, your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now, that's one through three. And so many of us, we just, we slap that. We put a banner on it because we're trying to tell our children what they should, but we, we just so often skip over four. And I learned by way of hardship with my own daughter that I need to read four because that's the Lord speaking to us in this as well. And what it reads, women and men, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So, you, that was one of your, you, you stated that that was a scripture for you that you wanted mothers and fathers to know. Can you, can you talk about a little bit why that's really important to you, that scripture, that portion? Uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, giving your children the best opportunity to be successful, productive uh, citizens in God's kingdom as well as in the world in which they live in. Okay. I find that too many times we as parents, we so desperately want our children to do well we either have a tendency in the case of a lot of fathers, we're too hard on our children and we, we, we discourage them and they'll give up. And then even I've seen some moms, they're too easy on their children and don't hold them accountable. So it's a, a delicate balancing act that I think parents should encourage their children, create a safe and healthy environment in which their children can flourish and grow and allow them to do that and express to them the importance of responsibility being associated with accountability. Wow, that accountability. So let me just say this to you about me, Michael. I'm so big on accountability. Right. Yeah. I, and I say that with a chuckle, but it's so serious for me. I believe that we all should be held accountable for our actions. Absolutely. I believe that the decisions that we make, we must be held accountable for them. And not only held accountable, on the flip side of that, we have to own what we do or not do. We can't be blamers to everyone else about the things that we do. We have to own that. So I really love that you, you brought that in. Now, 
I'm going to skip a little bit because the purpose of this, again, it's um, unveiling the impact of absentee fathers in their adult children's lives. So that means you have children. So you have five children um, where they all brought up in the same home. No, they wasn't. Um, it's, um, you know, I, I guess you can say I've kind of pretty much experienced the totality of being a father because my two older children were from are from a previous relationship where I was not married to the mother. I was very young at the time. I was 22 when my oldest daughter was born. I was very immature, very irresponsible, very selfish, those kind of things. My third uh, child is by marriage. When I met my current, my wife, uh, she had a daughter who was about 14 or 15 at that time. We've been married 22 years, so she's now 37. All right. Her and I have a great relationship. And I have two young children by my wife who, believe it or not, are teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> so I can yeah. say... We had a saying in my family during the reunion, one of, the, of our reunions, and it's called Journey Through the Generations. And I can truly say I've journeyed through the generations because I have millennials, I have Gen Zs, you name it, I've had it. So, All right. Yeah. So that is amazing to hear that because um, teenagers can put us through. I, I remember hearing it, it's such a stale joke, but it was real. It was about God created teenagers for parents so that parents would learn to let their children go. Because parents have a tendency to smother the children, want to keep them at home. You have some. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I was one of those getting ready for everybody to go, right? So, <laughs> but there are some that they don't, they coddle, and we're going to get to that, coddling of our, of our children and that nature but we'll get to that later but that's the thing too where uh but that was that joke where you know that's a way of the lord helping us get them out of the way now let me ask you this was it um i'm gonna ask it just like i have it because i have this did you ever have conflict with your children and do due to your absence in your life Oh, absolutely. Um, I can say right now to this day, because I have my daughter is the oldest. She's 40, going on 43. And my son's, my oldest son is 37. The same age as my daughter, pretty much by marriage. My two older children, even today, our relationship is strained. Okay. And it's strained uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, primarily being my, uh, um, being the absentee father in, earlier in their lives. And it's been very hard for them to reconcile that as we've, you know, they've grown up, I've grown up. My daughter and I have a better relationship, but not as good as it should be. Okay. And my son, my oldest son, we have a very strained relationship and I've reached out to him and my sister always encouraged me to get in, you know, talk to him and things of that nature. 
And so it's it, it is a work in progress, I will say, you know, in relations to the you know how the relationship has unfolded over over time. Okay. Do you so that that's that's painful. I, I have a daughter and um her relationship with her father was uh, very strained. I can't say what it is as much now because my daughter and I don't communicate as much that way. So I prayed for years over their relationship that it would grow um, to a place where it could be um, a healthy relationship, praying that God would intervene. I mean, to this day, I pray, literally every day I pray for them. And so a couple years ago, I found out they were communicating um, more and it seemed to hopefully getting better. But the, the reason why I come to that part is what role do you play or do you do you feel that you're trying to make up for something that possibly you didn't do? That's one portion of it. And then if I could caveat on that. So what portion do you think you, you're trying to make up for something? And do you think it will ever come a point in time that the relationships will be healthy and whole? I... um. To answer the first part of the question, I honestly don't think it's anything that I am trying to make up for because because of my salvation and, and my relationship with God, I know God has forgiven me. Mm. And I, you know, hope and pray and believe that one day, if they have not forgiven me, one day that they will. Uh, especially my son, because he actually, he has my name. He's named after me. You know, he, he, he's actually a junior. And, you know, I think at first I would try to make up, make, make up for lost time. But I, I, I've realized in all my years of living, you know, you can't make up time. You can't save time. You know, you just have to use it wisely. And so I stopped trying to do that. And I, and I definitely, it's a prayer issue for me. And I look forward, you know, God willing one day that the relationship can be made healthy and whole. That's one yeah. of my constant uh, prioritized top of the list prayers on a daily, regular basis. That's powerful. It really is. I, I'm not just saying that in a passing way um, because so let's, if we can speak to some of the fathers, Mm -hmm. There are fathers that are struggling with um, knowing that. So, okay, how do I ask this question? I know how to ask it, <laughs> but I, I'm trying to touch on a couple different types of men. I want to, if we could touch on different men. And that is the, the father that has, um, has adult children, but they are trying to make up or what they didn't do is their advice you can give them that's the person and then i have the for the one that i have another question for a different type of father okay i would say to fathers that have um adult children adult children um you know as i stated earlier you know you cannot undo what's already been done or as we say you can't put the genie back in the Bible. So yes. it's done. It's over with God. If you have a relationship with God, 
God has forgiven you. We all have sinned and fall short of his glory. We continue to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it's no sense wearing, uh, you know, the guilt, the shame, the condemnation. We have to learn as men to let that go. Yes. And just build from moving out forward into the future with Christ as the center, believing God, trusting God, and trying to develop a more mature, a more healthier, a more loving relationship with our adult children going forward. You cannot do undo what you did 20 years ago. So powerful. That's so, so powerful. The um so we have you have daughters and so sons and daughters, but of course you are on trueness of the words is the place for women authentic and vulnerable right so we tend to deal with so we're not excusing the the boys the men we're not so this they're included in this okay but most times with women that emotion of missing out on the father it affects them in ways of sexual uh pyramids i can't get it out being promiscuous, they have uh, things where they're they they're angry, and that affects them because they're missing. Because a father's role, in especially a daughter's life, is so powerful. It literally directs their path and who they choose, who they are around. They look for because so they look for that. Do you find that to be a concern with your adult daughters? That that's not not every angle, but do you find there are those issues that you try to come back and say, hey, and how many times do you go back and say, hey, I didn't get that right. I apologize. Because mm-hmm. as parents, we have to own it. We can't blame somebody else. We have to own it. So do you find that with your daughters that you have to keep reiterating? I, I didn't get that right. I apologize. I find that you do. I find that you should. I also find for men it's very difficult because, you know, we was brought up in that time where emotions was almost like a, a foreign word to us. So, you know, when we are, are um put on the uh, uh, put out front and put on the spot in terms of sharing our emotions. And I think that's a very strong emotion for a man to say that to his adult daughters. But uh, absolutely, you know, they that we know we have to, you know, come to that place. And I think um, what you say is true in regards to how it affects our adult daughters, because we're the first vision of what a man looks like to our adults. You know, they're going to develop their sense of how do I define that? What does that look like? What do I look for as it relates to how I saw my father, how I saw Mm -hmm. my dad. So that's, you know, and, 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 and that's very critical because if it's in a negative sense, then it will lead to that promiscuity and yes. things of that nature. And, um, you know, because 
as they say, you know, with quantity time comes quality time. And as we spend that time and develop that relationship, then these examples start to come to the forefront and hopefully they're to the positive side as opposed to any other way. That's so good. Now, something kind of like off, and so ladies, I'm going to say this and men, so I'm in an area in my home and I'm getting sunlight. So apologize, apologize now, but I do not want to stop, pause or anything right now because I don't want to miss a beat on this. So you all are going to have to excuse that sunlight coming through because that's what it is right now. <laughs> so so I'll move around a little bit to kind of help, but the what's most important is the meat that we are obtaining from this. This other stuff doesn't matter. So something, you, you said you were married, so I'm gonna bounce a little bit, because I have quite a few things here, but I'm gonna bounce a little bit. You've been married for 20 plus years. Is it 22? Yeah. 20, right. yeah, 22, yeah. Now let me help you get that right. Yeah, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> We're looking for it, we wanna get that right now, yeah. like, okay. 22. <laughs> 22, okay. 22 years. How do you balance having a wife and having children before the marriage? How do you balance that relationship knowing that you have a, these, you have your children that you're trying to build a relationship with, but you have to honor and reverence your wife? Oh, uh, it is a, it is a delicate balance. And as of, uh, a lot of us know and, uh, you know, fathers know and, 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 and uh, even even men of faith will tell you, you know, blended families are difficult. Yes. Make no mistake about it. You know, we sometimes think, you know, it's all supposed to go smoothly. You know, we're talking about relating it with Christ is all about the relationship. Yes. So, you know, it it is definitely a um, a difficult thing, a challenge, but we have to find that sweet spot that balance to be able to allow those things to coexist and one of the things i will tell or i would suggest to uh, to men is that your marriage is first and foremost okay mm -hmm. love your children you love them all but you must understand your obligation is to your wife mm -hmm. that you're married to and you cannot, as a man, this is when I spoke earlier, I talked about the criticalness of men understanding their roles and women understanding the role of the man. As a man, you must create fairness. You must operate in justice in terms of not showing favoritism towards the children that happen to be in your home as it relates to the adult children by a previous marriage or previous relationship. As much as you have a commitment to your wife that you're married to, you have a commitment as well to all of your children, mm. not just the ones that's in the house with you or the ones you may feel are closer to you than others. You, Because children are watching what you're doing. As, as, as you know, not as much as listening what you're saying all the time. So you must create a even level playing field to be fair to all. That's so powerful. So I keep saying powerful because it's really powerful. My mind is over here like trying. I have notes here, but now I'm trying to put notes in my head <laughs> at the same time because here. Oh, I, I'm a I'm in a blended family. 
So when you say it's difficult, oh, it is difficult. So I need some schooling on this side, right? <laughs> when you have that blended uh, family and then knowing you're um, always understanding and knowing the role that you play as well, always make, because you have that, that, that feeling inside always, because as a wife, you know that you should be the priority. And sometimes you think, are you being selfish for that? Are you not? And so th those are, because I'm, I'm not 22 years, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to make it that way. <laughs> so when you get to that extent, but that that's, that was really good, the way you um, broke that down for me. Now, you you grew up in a home, and I'm bouncing these questions in different directions, and I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you why. I don't want them to be so in order. I want men and women to kind of get a gauge where they may understand something because I hear the I'm getting the comments and I hear the struggles and the suffering. When you hear a woman say she can't understand why her father, a retired woman say she can't understand why her father would have abandoned her as a child and she's still struggling with that. That's hurtful. When you hear a man in general talking and I'll hear men, I listen to them and they're struggling with abandonment from young as a young man and then they carry that one and then they have children and then they carry that one as a, a, a cycle, a negative cycle on their life. Because so many men don't get the counseling and the healing that they need to process these things. So I'm going to jump to different things. And here's one. You said that you grew up in a home with a stepfather. So my question is, how do you feel that affected you in the raising of your children? Growing up in a home with a stepfather, um, I guess in raising of my own children, I would say, because I, I felt that my stepdad was there in a physical sense, you know, present, but not in a encouraging, uh, you know, uh, in other areas. You know, my mother was the dominant personality in our home. Okay. And my dad was just there. My stepdad, he was just kind of just part, you know, he, he, he was primarily the provider and, 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 and things like that. And one of the things I would say it, it, to answer your question, what it did in the raising of my own children, it taught me that I not only had to be there from a providing standpoint, but had to be there as we refer back to Ephesians 6, 4, mm -hmm. to be an encouragement to you know what I mean? To hold them accountable, to have yeah. conversations with them, to let them know how valued they valuable they were, to let them know, uh, 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 you know, we can have these conversations. We could talk about some things. We can work through some things. To not just be there from the standpoint of taking care of them or providing for them, which my stepdad did, but also all the other parts of what being a father is all about. Well, okay, I love that. So let me ask you, by your mom being, did that affect you either? Because my mom was the dominant one in a way, sounds like. Right? Say it again. Mom was mom was the dominant one in a way? Yes. Okay. So how does did that have any effect? So do you feel like mother being the dominant one is a bad thing or a good thing when it comes to raising of children? Well, I have a <laughs> It's funny. I have a few. Yeah, be careful. 
You have to be careful right now with the words. Right. Well, that yeah, absolutely. Um, because I'll just share with you, and um, we have a family joke, and you know, I have one biological brother, and we have a family joke that says that his wife looks like my mom, and my wife acts like my mom. <laughs> you know, and so when you said when you say, what effect did it have on me? I always think, and it's ironic because my wife never met my mom. She had passed right when we had met. So they actually never met one another. But she reminds me so much of my mother, you know, and, but knowing, sitting back and observing my stepdad over the years, and seeing how he was there only from a providing standpoint. And also, if I could take it a step further, knowing how my biological dad was, because I knew him up until I was 11, and he 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 died. But and he was a very strong, you know, man. And, and so to answer that question, I think it it affected me in the sense of knowing I should be more present for my children in the house. And obviously I must have thought it was some kind of attraction because I wouldn't found the woman kind of <laughs> like her in a sense, you know, in a very strong, independent, you know, way. Yeah. Okay. Now what was the second part of your question? Uh, no, was which one is I wait a minute, hold on. Now see now I'm all <laughs> probably getting ahead of myself because I'm getting so excited. I'll come back to okay. Okay. um you, and it may bring it back to me now, but you said something that I found to be um, very um, and um, purposeful that I think everybody needs to understand. You said that you value knowledge, understanding, and wisdom as an honor unto God when it comes to your relationship with your children. Yet, it's also an example for other men. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because I think as men, we miss the, the, the critical importance of where God has placed us. We either don't understand the critical nature of our role, responsibility, where we should be, or we abuse it mm -hmm. because we don't know how to clearly define it or what that looks like because we've never seen a proper example, you know, of it. So, um, you know, I, I think that you know, we as men, we have to understand that we are the ones who must navigate our family's direction, their lives, you know, and we must become servant leaders as opposed to authoritative leaders, which is what we've seen through our own fathers, through our own other men, and realize that 
our role is so critical because, you know, the Bible says the glory of God is a godly man. Mm. You know, and if, if, if you read scripture, God told Adam, do not eat from the tree before he ever created Eve. And that's not to take anything away from a woman, but understand God's relationship with the man. He holds the man responsible, the man accountable. And too many times we as men, we say, well, they did this or she did that. And that's the reason I did that. You know, when we must have a self-accountability factor within ourselves and a mm -hmm. character trait that only we as men must guard, nourish, protect, because that allows the family uh, uh, to, to go forward, you know, successfully. Michael. You getting ready to make me jump around over here, okay? <laughs> so when I say we are authentic and vulnerable here at Trueness of the Words, I'm telling you, I don't hold anything back when it comes to this. I'm getting so excited. You are definitely, genuinely blessing me. The second part, so it came to me. The second part of the question I already wrote down, the counseling piece of it, I think that was it. So many men, I think we took, that was one of the things that I brought up a second part. And that was so many men are discouraged from the counseling piece of getting a healing for themselves. I think that because that was one of my second parts. <laughs> and so because they are missing that piece, because so many men have, they have hurts and pains <laughs> from childhood. It could be abuse. It could be, it could be the absence of a parent. And especially with men, that's one of the things that I'm finding going through the interviews and talking to the men, even when I'm speaking to men just in general out in the world. Because so everybody knows my career is um, what God has blessed me to make a living. My passion and my love and what I do to honor him is ministry. Mm -hmm. So but I manage the financial books for the construction industry exclusively. That's what I do to make a a financial living in the world. So I'm across, I come across so many men like on a daily basis. And so when you're listening to them just in conversation and just so we're clear, this is black men, white men, Asian men, you have, it's all Absolutely. walks of life men. So that no one gets the misconception that it's just a certain type of man, right? Mm -hmm. It's all men and I hear their hearts sometimes and they're just talking because they'll be freely talking to, I manage the finances, so they're just freely talking, right? And so you hear their hearts. They're, they're missing mothers, mothers that abandoned them at an early age or mothers that have passed away or they had issues with um, things going on in their life. I mean, just so much going on. They grew up around, when you hear men having conversations and you could just hear them speaking about how they struggle with pornography and that type of thing because they grew up under it. So then they bring those that type of baggage and they bring it into relationships. It should be marriage, but they bring it into relationships and then children are brought into the world under that, that, that seed or sowing of. And so raising of children come about and the beliefs that they have they have these beliefs that it's okay. Mm -hmm. And then they have double standards. One standard for their daughters mm -hmm. and one standard for their sons. 
So I'm, I'm bringing all that together because so many men are struggling with so many issues from coming up. They bring it into their adulthood and then they don't get counseling to get help. And then they have children and then they raise children under this uh, specific umbrella that's toxic. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? Not necessarily personally for you, but can you speak to it? Oh, absolutely. And let me just say that, you know, one of the things is most of the things that I speak to are personal, but that's okay. Because I've, I've realized, you know, as the Bible says, you know, God comforts us to comfort others. Mm. So, you know, uh, um, I like to share my own experiences because I, 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 my prayer and my hope is that it, it does help someone else. But to speak to that, it's like, it's like we have as humans, like you says, it's not just a culture thing, it's a human thing. But when you start with humans, we operating in a fallen human condition. And a lot of us don't believe, don't, practice, don't do something. So we have layers up on top of layers, up on top of layers, up on top of layers of issues. And we have to constantly peel these things back to be transparent and authentic, to be able to get to the root cause of what the problems are. Because a lot of times we just fight the tormentors, whether yeah. it's anger, whether it's lust, whatever that may look like. You know, and to speak to that, it's a lot of uh, issues. And I'll just touch on a few. When it comes to a man and his father, the first thing a man must do is forgive his father. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what has happened. And I thank God, Eleanor, every day that got, like I, I shared earlier, when my dad got killed when I was 11 years old. He was at a gambling place. They came in. They robbed the place. He was with one of his nephews, which is really like they were cousins because they were around the same age. And guys put out guns and he got shot. And he eventually died from the gunshot wounds. So I was 11 years old when that happened. Very traumatic for me at that time. Mm -hmm. But I can remember my dad. I never remember him living in our household. I would see him over my cousins, my aunt's house in my younger years. And uh, 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 so that was my remembrance of him. So when he got killed and all that, and that was very difficult for me. But one of the things God allowed me to do, what God blessed me, I was able to forgive him mm. for abandoning me, for uh, uh, not being there for me, for not seeing me when I made the baseball team, so on and so forth. And as time went on, I would hear stories about them and I would only take the good parts that I heard about him and try to emulate and would be, you know, honored to be his son and let the other stuff, I'd let it leave it where it was. I, I did not uh, indulge in that. And too many men do not forgive their fathers. They're angry, they're bitter, they're resentful, they refuse to forgive. That's one of the problems. Another thing with, with, with fathers that men struggle with is validation. You know, a young boy has to be validated by his dad 
a mentor male example in terms of okay you were a boy you went through these things life has moved on you're now a man i validate you as a man you've stepped into manhood these are the things you now must learn to do and too many times men don't get that men don't even validate their own sons and the third and last thing i would touch on and like i said Illinois, there are many issues that we can discuss in terms of what speaks to that but the last thing i will touch on is empathy we as men we are we are so hard we tough we we think we tough anyway we are the we you know we stodgy we we refuse to show emotions you know the old cliche when i come up do not cry you a boy which is ridiculous but most men have grown to accept that as fact as reality as their truth their perception however you might want to look at it so i would say those three things is just the start of what speaks to men's struggles mm. that you hear every day and it doesn't like you says and it could be in all ethnicities it just depends on how they were brought up this one no emotion this one no forgiveness see what i'm saying it just depends mm. on the situation the circumstances compounded with sin yes now let me say this thing. So you were talking about when once you said something about the uh the you're speaking of the sons, and but mm -hmm. we know daughters, they definitely need that validation from their father. I, mm -hmm. I think I hear what you're saying from men, but as a woman and um having a daughter that was raised with her father not being there, that validation that I thought I was giving her was just not enough. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. girls need that validation from their father because they will grow up and so it's it's a resentment not all of them but many times it happens but you spoke about the uh, oh and the um i was the mom that i'm like so you're talking about the guys i would be the mother like shut it up don't start all that crying crying not gonna get you anything in life i had such a male dominant demeanor mm -hmm. It was like I said, I had a whole lot of testosterone in me because <laughs> I didn't, I just, it, I just was, the crying just was unnecessary to me. It was unnecessary. So, and I raised my daughter under that. That's something I often look back over and wish I could have a do over, but you don't get those do overs. You only can be where you are. And I'm very clear on that. I know there are no do overs. You can only, go from where you are. Now, two things. You talked about that forgiveness, and I want to talk about the God relationship. You talked about the forgiveness. It is so important that we forgive. And mm -hmm. so many people, I'm talking, men and women, mm -hmm. but when we don't forgive, that stuff, it is. it eats away at us on the inside when we are, which brings me to this other portion. That's where abusive words and anger comes from. When you're not forgiving of people, you, you that's not the only place, but that's one of those places where those abusive words and anger yields in that place. And it's a bad place to be in. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that forgiveness is powerful. You want me to speak to that? Oh, I didn't know if you were getting ready to say something. I didn't want to. Yeah, no, I, no. Okay, all right. Now, I have here faith. Um, 
your relationship with Christ, mm -hmm. your faith, how strong do you think? Well, not strong. That's, that's an incorrect word. How do you think your faith, your relationship with the Lord, genuinely, how do I say this? Genuinely has been the force because had you not found this is better, had you not found the Lord, mm -hmm. had you not found the Lord, do you think you would be okay? Do you think that the sole reason why you're able to even sit here today and even own things and be able to speak to other men and women is because of your relationship with God? Undoubtedly, no question about it. No question at all. I honestly believe that had I not found Christ 30 years ago, I probably not only would not be sitting here with you, I probably would not be on this earth. Mm. My relationship with God, Eleanor, is everything. Because of my relationship with God, everything I do, think, feel, see, act, react to, is filtered through the spirit of God. Wow. What does God say? Because Michael getting ready to do something crazy, regretful, so on and so forth. You know, this is because one, you know, man, man thinks that he's the end all be all to everything, which mm. is not true. And so, yeah, my relationship is everything. It, it, mm. it, it, it affects how I respond to my wife, my children, my job, my friends, my family, everything. Mm, that's so good. Thank you. Now, let me speak to the uh, men and the women right now. I hope you just heard what Michael just said, because that is powerful. What he's saying is everything that he does is filtered to, through Christ. He doesn't open his mouth without filtering it through Christ first, because ultimately what I believe I hear you saying, Michael, because I live by this, I believe this. If I, if I verbalize something that's going to embarrass my father, which he can't be embarrassed by the things you do, but it's an embarrassment. We're supposed to be walking and our purpose is we're being obedient unto Christ. We're walking with Christ and our behaviors can turn somebody away. Mm -hmm. It can turn someone away. Absolutely. And so we have to, and then when we get it wrong, because we don't always get it right, when we get it wrong, be quick to repent and be quick to ask for forgiveness. Absolutely. And then practice not doing that same thing again. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. powerful. Now, I want to jump on the women real quick. <laughs> get all, so you can go there with me. So women, we're going to address right now what role we play in fathers being absent in their adult children's lives. We, we play a role. And we have, so let's say that relationship, because that's normally what happens. So a father can only be absent. No, that's not true. Because a father can be absent in the home. Mm -hmm. He can be right in the home. Absolutely. Absent. Now I'm getting ready to say something. Don't nobody beat me up, okay? The video games all day and you got the baby on the lap. Mm-mm. We need, we need to be spending some quality time teaching our children something. But let's first talk about, so the first half on this, if we don't, we'll, we're going to wrap it up shortly, but I want to spend this last half of, and then I'll let you speak to anything extra that you want to add. Mm -hmm. 
We're going to spend this last half on the first part will be women's role that they play in a child's father not being there. And then the man, and you write it so I don't forget it, which I have it here, but I want the man who is in the home, he's in the home, but absent. Okay. Now, can you speak to what do you believe? And I'm going to look because you said something so key and I'll let you go ahead and get it out. We're talking about that woman. A lot, she's doing things, criticizing, tearing the man down. She's upset because the relationship didn't work. So she's holding the child from the father. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit about that? Uh, yes, very much so. Um, and I'm glad you 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 uh, spoke to that point because one of the things I will say to to the to women is that. If you and the father of your children are not a couple, an item, or together, by all means, I highly recommend you do not speak ill will of the father. If he's a stand-up guy, then allow your children to be in his life. Do not hold your children hostage because of something you don't like about their dad. Because in the end, that your children are going to be the ones who suffer. Not their dad, because he's a big guy. He's going to move on. But now, if he's, something's wrong, well, you know, he's got an alcohol problem, drug problem, that's different. I'm not speaking to that. And he can cause harm and detriment to your children, no. But you should allow your children, if their dad's a quality stand-up guy and y'all just could not make it for whatever reason, you should allow your children to be in this life because when it's all said and done, your children will grow up and they will define who their dad is. Mm. They don't, you know, children process things a little different when they're young, but children become adults. Yes. And when they become adults, they process information the same way we adults do. And they will determine what kind of guy their dad is. Now, if I could jump in with that, because there's there's a couple ways this can go. And when you said stand-up guy, some part of the issue is women know a man can be, he's a good man, but because they're angry, regardless yeah, of them being a stand-up guy, they still withhold. And so I, 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 let me, without going too far in there, I really encourage women. I need us to be mature mm -hmm. on the journey. Um, because this is a, we're talking to women. There are women that will watch this that are firm believers. There are women that are watching this that are firm believers now, but they weren't and they messed up. And now they're in this season of saying, okay, I got it wrong when I was younger. There are women that are watching this that are not believers. They're just, okay, I'm tuning in to hear and see. Maybe the Lord crosses across their path. So I'm going to say this. I am, um, I come from that product regarding a father not being in their child's life. I always encourage, I can honestly say that. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm saying that is something that I always encourage. But that wasn't a journey he took early on because of his own life that he was 
married and had more children. So he, it's like earlier when you said they don't know how to, well, you were saying you have to, right, don't know how to process it and, and balance. You have to know it's not about the children that are just in the home. You have another, you have other children as well. So you have another child, you have other children. It's a, it, this is our responsibility. So we, women, it is important. If you are a woman right now listening to this, you are in the midst of this, doing this, understand that God willing, there will come a day where you will have to look this wrong decision in the face of keeping a child from a father that's not a bad father. We're not talking about a father that's abusing their children and their, that's not what we're speaking of. We're speaking of fathers that genuinely want to be in their children's life and you're holding them. There will come a day that you will regret that and the consequences of that decision. I've spoken about this on this podcast before. Don't make decisions in temporary seasons of your life that will affect the trajectory of that of, a, of your life, a child's life for the future because you will live to regret it. And it's not pretty on the other side when you're trying to make up and fix. You can't make up. We talked about that. You can't make up for what you didn't do. And if that adult child doesn't have it in them to have the forgiveness that we're speaking of, now you're wishing, just whoever you are, listen, if he's not a man that's abusive, doing wrong, that's not what we're talking about. Allow that man to be that force that leader in your child's life because they're going to need it. They're going to need it. It takes two. And that brings me, I'm going to jump to this real fast. Why God made it as so. Children are supposed to be, they are supposed to be born into a union, a marriage. That's why it's designed that way. Now, we didn't all get it right. I know I didn't. And so many times I look back. But I also knew enough to know I'm not doing that again. I only have my only daughter. I'm saying, I'm, I said, I'm, I'm not doing That's not something I'm, I'm going to do again because I knew the importance of having a child in the home with a mother and a father in marriage. It's a reason for it. So I just want to say that. And that's not tearing. Please, ladies, I'm not tearing anyone down. Men, I'm not because I'm the first to tell you. I have my daughter out of wedlock, so I can speak to that. But that's why I'm telling you, I know what it looks like. And I didn't hold my daughter from her father, and I still see the remnants of the dangers of a father not being there. So I just want to do that rant real quick. Now, with the man being a stand-up, we talked about that, women keeping children from their fathers. We know that's let's not do that. So the man that's in the home but he absent. He's uh, there. Hmm. No, I was just saying he's there, but he's not. Right, right. That's um <laughs> that's probably an even more delicate balance that um we must take because of the dynamics that's going on 
Now, um, understand that God has put us there to be a leader. But we as men must understand we are supposed to be the priest of our house, not the dictator, not the authoritarian, the authoritative type of guy, the priest, the self, the servant leader. That's the kind of presence we must project and be and and showcase and show in our home the reason i say that becomes a delicate balance is because of a lot of reasons and you when you spoke eleanor to being having a lot of testosterone and a lot of single mothers have raised children have did an admirable job in doing it without the father and one of my sisters shared with me one time, when a man shows up, it's very difficult to turn that switch off because you've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. But turn it off, you must. Because if you got too, too much testosterone, how much you think is going to be when you include his? And what happens is... Excuse me, y'all. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is that um, the the male will regress for the sake of peace. He will shut down because when a woman becomes too assertive, men have to take a step back. Otherwise, things can easily escalate and get out of hand because men are very territorial, very protective and and that kind of thing. So, you know, um, I would just say, I would just venture to say that when a man is absent in the home, the question has to be asked, why? And at the same time, some men just are not that way. And a woman has to understand the man she has. Some men are just not aggressive and outgoing as assertive as other men are, just like the same with other women. And a woman truly has to understand what is my role, responsibility, in creating a healthy environment and strengthening the relationship. Not broadening him, not trying to be him and all these things and understanding the meaning of helper, helpmate, and helping him in areas where he need help. Most men don't talk because women don't, they, they feel a woman's not listening. Most men be silent because they feel they can't be heard. So they just shut down. Now I'm just going to say this because we're struggling with our emotional disposition to begin with. And all we need is a little confrontation and a little, a little, uh, a pushback. And we like, okay, I'm out. (laughs) Now, why, why do you have to go there now? Why do you have to do the women like that? You know what they talk about that uh, the woman. So you look at in the Kings, I think it's Kings where Jezebel, she's the one. She like, if you don't get it done, I'll get it done. She don't care. She got that mouth. She running out, you know. And I have to be real, real, real honest with you because I'm that person. 
-hmm. If this, if, because I've always, not the Jezebel people, let me pause, okay? Because <laughs> Jezebel, she wasn't feeling nothing about the Lord. I'm talking about, I will, I'm that person where if I have to keep coming at you for something, I just get it done. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because I raised my daughter all those years on my own. I have to get it done. Mm -hmm. It matters. It's whatever it is. Matters not what it is. I have to take care of this. And it, I, I, okay. So I'm just going to say it. I have a real low tolerance for a man when they cannot do the things that are needed to lead the home. Like I struggle with that. That's a struggle for me. And mm -hmm. so, but I have to be mindful a lot of times. And I ask the Lord in areas when I'm dealing with people in business, when it comes to men, I kind of see, like I, you, you want a man to be uh, a leader, but a leader in this way, because that's here, what I have here. Because you brought it up earlier about the God fearing this. Oh, let me back up. The servanthood. I just want to tell you, I like the servanthood. <laughs> He's the priest, but the servant. I know all the ladies was clapping for that one. <laughs> like, so we need a husband. That husband is to be, because the word of God tells us that he's a, that, and it doesn't mean he's a slave to us. A servant. His role is to care for the needs of us serving us in a manner of what is it that I can do for you? But I often say, if both parties are doing the same thing, where can we go wrong? If each, if each person is looking to say, how can I be of a servant to you? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's so powerful, but we do like the servant part, right? So, but when it comes to men, and this is my last question to you, Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to leave the floor to you for about five minutes if you want it a little longer so you can say whatever you feel mm -hmm. that we may have missed that you know you need to drive home. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to leadership, it, it, there has to be a strong leadership in Christ. See, it's not enough that men or women because let's just say a woman is a single woman in the home by herself and she has to lead the home, right? But I'm just saying, when it's a, a man leading the home, a husband is what it should be. Because that is who it is. We're talking this. First of all, the word of God is for the believer. Let's just get that straight right now. The promises of God is for the believer. So we're when we are disregarding of God and he's not, these promises that he's speaking of, he's it's for the believer. Let's just get that clear. Mm -hmm. So if we're believers, there should be husbands in the home. I always want to clarify what I'm saying so there's no misunderstanding. Right. So that's why you hear me saying the husband, because that's what it should be when we're following Christ. So a husband in the home as a leader, a leader doesn't mean you pay the bills. A leader doesn't mean you do this or you do that. A leader, first and foremost, is a man that's reverencing and honoring God because God will teach you how to lead your home appropriately. Can you speak to the men about that? I just asked them, ladies, because that was a question that I had in the uh, comments. So I'm asking the question. Uh, very much so. Um... You know, because we as men, we are we are internalists. We internalize everything. 
We analyze everything. We evaluate everything. We do everything internally. And so we become our own frame of reference, which is a very small circle. When you're talking about being a leader in the home and a leader of any kind, you must step outside yourself to understand what leadership is about and looking at it in its totality and not just looking at it from my own view, my own perspective. And as it relates to Christ, Christ becomes, just like it says, my light, uh, your light is a path unto my feet and a light unto my path. I, I'm paraphrasing it. But understanding Christ becomes the guide. He becomes the navigator. He's the one you walk with, you talk with, you that counsels you, that encourages you, that you talk to in, in regards to choices, decisions, feelings, views, positions, dispositions, and all that. And it will allow you to make a, 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 a very wise decision. As I shared uh, in our previous conversation, I think, Eleanor, when I talked about knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Mm -hmm. And the Bible speaks to that. And we as men and people in general, but men in particular, we usually get one of those wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, knowledge is just data. It's just what I know. Mm -hmm. Social media, <laughs> just information. Understanding is the interpretation of that information. And wisdom is the proper application mm. of that information, that data that we have, uh, we've come to know. And a lot of times, if we're not guided by God's spirit, we get one of those twisted. We get the wrong information, we interpret it wrong, and we apply it wrong. And being a leader in the house, because there will be a lot of decisions, a lot of critical choices, things that we have to talk about, you have to make, you have to move forward on. Only the spirit of God can lead you properly down that road. And when it doesn't work out, it's because you probably wasn't very obedient to what God was trying to tell you. So good. Because though we're talking that leadership and so that we, I need to connect these dots so that we can stay on task here, ladies and men. The reason why that's important, the leadership of the home, it, it follows all the way. There it is. We have Christ first, which is teach, which teaches you. So you first have to be, you first have to submit unto God. That's the first thing in order to even be open to get, then you have to get into his word so that you can understand what his word says. So once you do that, the power of the word, the Holy Spirit begins to penetrate the heart of man. And once the heart of man is penetrated, then that man knows how to now lead. So now he's leading. He's leading his wife. And once he, he's leading her, then he leads his children. And then he leads in the career and so on. But at everything starts with Christ. Mm -hmm. Every bit of it starts with Christ. And if we don't do it that way, 
then we have the issues. That's so good. Now, that's why that was important for us to state that. What a fitting way for my portion of this interview to end on that leadership part and how it works. Love that. Now, I'm going to leave you with the last. Well, let me first say this, and then I'm going to close this out with your last words. So I'm going to say this first. I first want to thank you for gracing us. I mean, I um, you don't always know how an interview will go. And I, I often say it's not an interview. Actually, it's a casual conversation. But because we're on the platform, we say an interview, but it's a casual conversation. And you don't always know how it's going to go. So, But I have been blessed that God has definitely placed the people in the pathway. I can say that with a genuine heart, but it, start first, it starts first with he planted a seed inside of me. And then my obedience unto him. I love that passage where he says that many are called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And the thing is, we don't always, I've said this before, we don't always feel equipped because we're not. We're not equipped without Christ. Absolutely. And even with him, he's the one, the reason why we're able to do any of the gifts and talents that we have, that he is the one that's leading us. So I am so grateful that this, this conversation with you, I'm excited for what the women and men, I always say women first, because again, this is a show for women, authentic and vulnerable, but and men, and what's going to be obtained from your wisdom was beyond measure to me. And I respect you immensely. Thank you so much. Now I'm going to leave you with the last however many minutes you need to drive home Whatever you feel we missed and you think this needs to be said, and then we'll just stop from there. Okay. Well, first of all, let me just say it's been an honor, Eleanor. You're a class lady, and it's been an awesome experience to share and have this, as you say, casual conversation, because that's really what it's about. Uh, I try to keep it short. You know, my wife says I'm long-winded. But take your time. <laughs> I try to keep it short. You know, when I look at, you know, again, when Christ becomes the example, everything is filtered through him. And I'll look at God's creation. God's purpose, God created a man. And in creating a man, he created. A marriage and in creating a marriage he created a family in creating a family he created a community in creating a community he created a country a world and so on and so forth but it starts with the man <clears throat> and i would say to the women you it's really critical that you understand the importance of who he is, what he's, what his role is, and how much influence that you have on him. I find women want the position of authority. I sometimes think the position of influence is a lot more powerful than the position of authority. But, you know, understanding that he needs, he needs to feel needed. 
he needs to feel encouraged. And this is why men, and this is why I think God, you know, God gave men a job and men are service. We want to serve. We want to feel like we're needed. And that's, and, and, and that's critical to our identity in terms of who we are. And, you know, I would say to the men, you know, and I love Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. I love the practicality of it, you know, and it starts with the individual, God making an individual. Then he goes into the relationships. Then he goes into, again, the children, the family, so on and so forth, unity and, and you know, and all those things. And when he gets to marriage, two things always come out, and that's love and respect. Mm-hmm. That men, women, men ought to love their wives, as the Bible says. The Bible says, men love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave, mm-hmm. not take, gave himself for her to present her back to himself. This is the illustration that Paul uses in the context of a marriage. Not to say you are to be the authority, authoritative guy. It says you are to give to your wife. As your wife shines, it makes you look good. And I would say to the women, beyond, by all means, always respect your husband. Now, when it when says submitting, that's a voluntary thing. That's where we agree to submit ourselves to something. But that's only in the context of what God's talking about. That's not in the context of doing anything wrong or anything ungodly, you know. And this is why the male's role, his responsibility, his integrity, his character becomes so critical when he's asking his wife to submit to him or to listen to him or to follow him because she's analyzing, she's probing, she's verifying, she's doing all these things to make sure that you are authentic. Remember, Christ said, love your wife as I love the church and give yourself to her. So I would just say in conclusion that we must learn as men to have empathy to love our wives unconditionally because we can't put conditions on it because if we put conditions on love as soon as the conditions are not met the love gets withdrawn Mm -hmm. so we must be unconditional and a wife must respect her husband even when she does not agree even when it's not easy and if we love and respect and forgive we will create healthy safe environments in which our children can flourish and grow and that's one of the main principles and patterns and principles that God creates within the Bible to raise up godly children. Thank you. You're welcome. My truth. 
I'm honored that God has placed this before me and I'm looking forward to all that he alone will do by way of healing for so many women, including myself.